Hello from Los Angeles and welcome to this week's Ageless Wisdom Mystery School. This is your host, Michael Benner. Today is Sunday, June 16 of 2013 as we do this program live on the web, available by web feed and telephone, though most everybody these days listens by demand, either streaming or podcasts, so welcome from the recent past. And if whatever brings you here, we're happy to have you here as we talk about appreciating the value of your life. It occurred to me in playing around with the word appreciation that depreciation is what our tax guys do every year and that, yes, in fact, our material stuff is becoming of less and less value every year. But while the stuff we own and the stuff we possess is decreasing in value, who we are, how we feel about ourselves, and what we choose to do with our lives can be appreciating. But it's really up to us. And so that's our program today, appreciating the value of your life, deliberately enhancing and improving the quality of your life. Because it really is up to each of us. Life is a response to what happens to us. And to recognize that and understand it can be an extraordinary step forward. And even once you've been exposed to it, I think it's easy to slip back into feeling as if you're a victim or a target or an effect of a life that's being done to you. Initially, even if you're aware of life as a response to that stimulus, you slip into the position from time to time of feeling like it's being done to you. It is a two-way street, so what do you focus on? Simply what's coming at you, what happens to you, the vast majority of which is, in fact, beyond our control. Or do we look at it from the elevated perspective of life being a response, and ideally an ever more conscious response, to what's happening to us, so we flip the coin over and really take literally that old saw, life is what you make it. Everybody says they understand life is what you make it. But then we go about acting as if life is what's done to me. I recently had a lunch with some friends, and one of the things I enjoyed about this lunch was that unlike a lot of other similar social situations where people get together for lunch or, or small talk. Nobody was complaining about their lives. Even when we talked about challenges and difficulties and adversities in our lives, we were talking about what we were doing to manage those, to learn, to make the best of the bad situation. And it was so enjoyable and so refreshing and Yet I could not help but think of countless other similar situations that I've been in in which, well, they just become pity parties, people taking turns trying to outdo each other for just how helpless they are and 
how targeted they have been by the affairs in their lives. So when we say life is what you make it, you really have to say, yeah, a part of it is what's being done to me, but, you know, the much more important part is what I choose to do with it. Responsibility, therefore, is not a burden that we carry, but a freedom. It is liberating to be able to choose your point of view or perception and your response, your attitude, and the response you choose to initiate, and how different that is from simply reacting knee-jerk or reflexively. Well, what prompted me to want to do a uh, podcast today in the Mystery School about appreciating your life is an article I read about a new book that's come out by an Australian hospice nurse, a woman named Bronnie, actually. Looks like Bonnie, but there's an R. Bronnie, B-R. Bronnie Ware. And she's written a book about the top five regrets of the dearly departed, of people who are dying, and the complaints that she hears as a hospice nurse from people who are dying. And she said, basically, there's five that I hear over and over again. So she wrote a book, The Top Five Regrets of the Dying. And so I thought I'd share those with you today, but at the same time, reframe them so that instead of expressing them as regrets, we can be a little more positive and talk about them as opportunities to adjust our attitude and to appreciate our life. Just the natural compliment of watching your material stuff depreciate is to deliberately and consciously to mindfully appreciate. (laughs) It's a deliberate play on words. I think it's a fun play on words to appreciate the value of your life. In the premium training, we're going to cover these five regrets in a little greater depth. Plus, we'll have a special training from our archive, a nearly hour-long program, pre-recorded studio-quality program featuring my business partner of 35 years, a personal development expert of world-renowned, Steve Snyder, a CEO trainer for the Vistage Company. He and I have done a series of over 200 premium audio programs, really high-quality audio recordings, CD-quality audio recordings. I say high-quality. Not only is the fidelity a studio quality, but the content is premium content. This is the type of thing that CEOs pay big money and other executives top dollar to have for their executive trainings, for their teams, for their middle managers, and in many cases for employees and workers as well, depending on the industry. So that'll be featured in the premium training, and if you're not already enrolled, you can do so at theagelesswisdom.com. Just click on webinars and then premium training. The W's dot the ageless wisdom dot com. Click webinars, then premium training. And you can enroll for a single week, a quarter, or 
a full year for the deepest discount. And the thank you page will have the URL for that week and the password you need, one for the web, another for the phone. And if you enroll for more than a week for the quarter or full year program, you'll get an email every Saturday night or Sunday morning with your URL address and the password that you need for uh, that program, either live or replay on demand. So let's talk about Bronnie Ware's top five regrets of the dying and reframe each. And I'm sure that her idea of writing the book was to spare us having to be in the same position, for these are such common regrets that she hears again and again and again from people who are dying. The first is, I wish I'd had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. We're all people pleasers to some extent. It's understandable that as children, our primary job is to please mom and dad to make sure we don't get beat up if you're in an abusive household. But in the best of households and uh, functional, high-functioning families, simply as part of an emotional exchange for being loved, for being fed, for being sheltered and clothed and, and schooled and, and having people take care for you. So whether it's a positive or a negative, that's our job to please mom and dad. As we get older, we're supposed to evolve out of that. Ideally, if we get enough acceptance, enough love, enough approval, then as young adults and later mature adults, we can become emotionally independent and have a little more integrity. Not to the point of being selfish, do we elevate self-interest? But true self-interest would have to manage the temptation to be out of balance and selfish. True self-interest rejects selfishness for the greater good because, in fact, it's not really in our interest to be selfish. <laughs> Nobody likes a selfish person, so... It's sort of odd that way. How many people fail to recognize that they are part of the greater good? So if instead of always being self-centered, we work for the greater good, well, that's no sacrifice. You're part of the greater good. So wouldn't you rather everybody enjoy benefits rather than you enjoy some benefits but lose the benefit of being loved by other people? It's odd. Most people, a lot of people anyway just never really seem to get that sorted out in their heads. So doing for others and managing our self-interest or selfishness is indeed in our ultimate interest, our short-term and especially our long-term interest. And so it's a matter of balance, really, to be in your integrity, to avoid betraying yourself in an attempt to please other people. The best thing we can do for other people is be someone who is content and satisfied. And even the word pride can be overstated, you know, as in too much pride, pride goeth before the fall and all of that. But a 
I'm talking about a healthy level of pride, and this is what integrity is really about. It's about being true to yourself, as Polonius tells his son in Hamlet. This above all, to thine own self be true. You see, so that's what these old folks are saying. I wish I'd had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. So said in a positive way, simply, to thine own self be true. Right? Don't betray yourself in an attempt to please other people because they don't get the best of who you are, nor do you. But if you're true to yourself, it's just like putting the oxygen mask on first on the airplane. That's not selfish when they tell you make sure your oxygen mask is in place before you try to help other people. You've got to be true to yourself in order to be your best and do your best, give your best to other people. The second regret of the dying is no surprise. I wish I hadn't worked so hard. And yet, we're always hearing about hard work is what makes the individual strong. Protestant work ethic, I'm not sure what it has to do with Protestantism, but that American work ethic, Americans take fewer vacations than any other similar society anywhere in the world. Two weeks of vacation at most, and that's rare. A lot of people take no vacation at all. They just can't afford to. And if they do, they're at home working on their second job or their third job. We're all working way too hard, especially at jobs we don't really like. Working hard at something you love to do is still stressful, but a lot less stressful. So... The second regret, I wish I hadn't worked so hard in positive language, I would say relax more and work less. Okay, Be more integrated and more balanced. The third of the top five regrets of dying people is I wish I'd had the courage to simply express my feelings. What is the problem with an inability to express our feelings? To say how I feel in a negative sense, to say how I feel in a positive sense, to many people, sounds like you're blaming other people for your feelings if they're negative and petitioning them to do more to keep you feeling the way you feel if they're positive. And so maybe that confusion about emotional feelings limits us in our expression of feelings. The intellect we send to school, our mental nature, our ability to think and reason. So it's much easier to tell other people what we think. We're just used to understanding on a mental level. But the essence of who we are, the real subjective truth of our individuality is in our emotional feelings. And as you learn to express the full range of emotions to people in your life, life just becomes much richer, much more beautiful. And it encourages other people 
to express their feelings to you. Simply to say out loud, I love you, for example, is so difficult for many people. And I never heard it in my home, and I'm sure my parents never heard it in their home. It was a given. It was understood that if somebody was feeding you and clothing you and housing you, that they loved you. But truth is, we still need to hear that, and often we don't hear it. And so false assumptions are made as little children that often get burned into your brain and carried throughout your entire lifetime, a basic assumption that you're just not that lovable because nobody's told you. I remember as uh, adolescents, as teenagers and young adults, my brother and sister and I beginning to say out loud to each other, I love you, and then that sort of spread throughout the family. As a result, the uh, children teaching the parents really the importance of expressing those feelings, but expressing negative feelings also in a gentle and responsible and diplomatic way without blaming other people, but taking ownership for emotional feelings as a response, not something done to you. That, as I said a few minutes ago, is really important. So to put this third regret into a positive light, express your feelings. That's part of the need to express your individuality, is to do it not merely through behavior and thought, but emotion as well on all three levels. Okay. So far, we've got be true to yourself, relax more and work less, better balance, and express your emotional feelings. Those are pretty good tips. Let's look at the last two real quickly while we have time. Regret number four from Bronnie Ware's book is I wish I had stayed in touch with my old friends. Now I've become a sender of cards now that I can do it on the Internet and very inexpensively send real greeting cards via a website and it's printed and stuffed and mailed for me. I send probably... 900 or 1,000 cards a year. I know it's hard to believe, but again, when you can do it for less than a buck from a website and they're really, really nice cards, why wouldn't you send thank you cards to your clients and your customers and your friends? And I go out of my way to take two minutes here and two minutes there uh, to send greeting cards to people. And often, simply to express gratitude and appreciation. But it's a way to stay in touch with friends. It encourages them to stay in touch with you. And that's already sort of a positive. So stay in touch with friends and family would be the fourth tip. And then the fifth regret, I wish I had let myself be happier. Listen to the way that's phrased. I wish that I have allowed myself to be happier, to understand that happiness is a choice about an attitude. It is not a destination or goal, but a means to an end, happiness. You are the happiness that you're looking for. There is no way to happiness. Happiness is the way. So our fifth tip is, 
to be happy for no reason. Close your eyes for just a second and relax. Take a nice, slow, deep breath and feel the letting go in your body. Think about where you happen to be in your life, in terms of your age, the chronology of life. How many more years do you figure you'll have before you find yourself in the situation of reviewing your life? How many more years before you'll find yourself reflecting back with a potential of regret? Gosh, I wish I had done this differently. How about that? I would have done a lot more of this and a lot less of that. If only I'd known then what I know now. Well, whatever age you happen to be, you still have time to turn that around. What can you do? What decision can you make right now? Simply forming the intention and committing to yourself to fulfill this personal obligation, this obligation to be true to yourself, to relax more and not work so hard, even though you know that's important, it needs to be integrated with some play, to express the truth of your emotional feelings verbally and in your daily life and affairs to maintain relationships, to stay in touch with friends and family, and I don't mean just a text message once in a while, and to choose to be happy for no reason, to see happiness is the way, not a destination or a goal or something you allow yourself when you have attained or accomplished some project. Don't defer your happiness. Be happy now. I'd love to hear from you if you leave a comment on the text box. If you're listening live, it's right on the page in front of you on the lower left. Include your name, your first name at least, in your city, and click on Submit so I can take a look at those. You can always email me at my initials at the Ageless Wisdom. MB, like Michael Benner or Mary Baker, just the initials MB at theagelesswisdom.com. Love to hear from you with your comments and questions and suggestions. For those of you in Southern California, remember our first public seminar of the year is coming up July 21st in La Crescenta. That's just north of Glendale between Burbank and Pasadena. Sunday afternoon, July 21st. And that means, effective that day, this podcast will be fed to the Internet live three hours sooner at 10 a.m. Pacific instead of 1 p.m. Pacific. 17 hours universal instead of 20 hours universal, at least as long as we're in daylight time. Okay? So moving forward, three hours, if you're listening live, will happen on the 21st. If you're listening to replay on demand, of course, doesn't much matter. But I would love to see if you're anywhere in the Southern California area. We're doing just a short, inexpensive, 90-minute seminar, but I think you'll find it of real value. It's an introduction to the wisdom principles 
and a series of monthly classes that we'll be doing in La Crescenta from August on. We'll also find out what else you want in terms of full one-day or two-day seminars, intensives, and perhaps even retreats. Hey, we're out of time, so we're going to run over to the premium training side of things. Thanks a lot for being with us. Be gentle, love life, and care for each other. This is Michael Benner. So long from L.A.